Hi everyone, this is a special episode of Knit One Geek 2. I'm Karen. I'm Maggie. And we are here to share our feels. Many, many, many feels. Our many, many feels about Sherlock Series 3, Episode Episode 1, The Empty Hearse. Because we are the fandom that waited. Yes. And waited. And waited. Many things came back before Sherlock did. Agent Coulson came back. Gallifrey came back. (laughs) (laughs) Tumblr actually has long lists of these. I should find them and re-blow and post them on the on the group. But yes, so and we figured we'd do a special episode for each of the episodes instead of like trying to moosh them into regular episodes because there's so much to talk about. Because holy Jesus, yeah, <laughs> there is a lot to discuss, and we'll we'll probably just get started going. Oh my God, flailing and yeah. These are episodes that I would call brain food. There's a lot for your brain to chew on. In these episodes. Oh, yeah. Like, I I just rewatched the episode before Maggie came over tonight. And there's a couple things I noticed that I didn't notice. Or, like, things that I figured out that I hadn't figured out yet from watching it. Oh, I'm, I'm expecting... First, I'm sp- like, three times. Yeah, I'm expecting that to happen for me. Yeah. You, you pick up on little things here and there. And, of course, once you've watched it through, you have to watch it again. Because there are certain things you're looking for later. But we'll get into that. And let's just, you know, say it that Benedict's not bad to watch several times over. Mm-hmm. That is not a chore. Nor is watching Martin Freeman more than once. See, that is the correct response, where you have the <laughs> and I have the detective. Yes, anyway. Okay, anyways. All right, so... Well, of course, the biggest thing for this episode... Is the was return. how he did it. Right. And I, I actually love that John doesn't give a damn. Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was... Before this episode aired, I mean, I had seen that little, there was a little clip of him saying, I don't care how you did it. I want to know why in the episode. And so before the episode, I had a feeling, I had this horrible feeling like, what if they don't actually tell us? Yeah. And maybe in a way that might have been what happened. There's still definitely some some wiggle room there or some debate there. It was going to be Sherlock's pride of relating the story that John just completely... Yeah, cut off. Shut down. But we do get a few different versions or theories. And I mean, they started... I think the way that Mark Gatiss, who wrote this episode, handled it was really clever. Because, of course, you know the main thing that everybody's Mark thinking. Mark Gatiss, they're... clever. Do not give that man such <laughs> ammunition. He will tear a hole in your soul, fill it with salt and lemon juice, and make you swallow razors. He's not as bad as Moffat. Okay, Moffat is fine. the soul destroyer. Fine, I'll give you that. So yeah, so first we get, well, I mean, because, th- th- I mean, the way it starts out, and I wish to mention too that, like, it was you, me, Michelle, and Cheryl, one of our other friends from Knit Night, we were all over at Maggie's house, yep. all watching, and, like, you could hear a pin drop. Yeah. Except for certain moments where there was screaming, lots and lots of screaming. My <sighs> husband had the elf laying upstairs, they were doing video games upstairs, and I was told later that once in a while... The elfling would look at Daddy and say, What are they doing down there? <laughs> oh, it's, it's nothing, honey. They're just watching Sherlock. You will learn about this fandom later. Yep. <laughs> oh, man, if I could, if I could, if I could, because he he has the curls, I could dye his hair dark and give him all the... <laughs> I could do this! I could do this for Halloween! I know I could! Mini Sherlock! He would be a mini... He would be so adorable as Mini Sherlock, And he just wouldn't get it either. No. He wouldn't get it. No. But he would be seriously... He would be like lethal levels of adorable. Because he has the curls. Mm Mm-hmm. Damn it! You'd really have to dye them, though. Yeah. Considering he's ginge. Yeah, I'm just gonna have to make do with the... (laughs) Make do with Doctor Who, hopefully. 
Yeah. But yeah, so first, you know, it kind of cleverly starts off with us seeing how it happened. Or at least, you know, it starts out with the the scenes that we recognize from the last episode. So from of course, the back everybody home. starts watching it and thinking, oh my god, this is, we're finally finding it out. Until little things start happening and then you start realizing, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. <laughs> the bungee cord was where? Yeah. Wait a minute, I when didn't I saw the bungee that. cord, I'm like, mm, I don't think so. What? And what? then then the first scream moment. Oh, holy crap. Oh, my God. Holy, holy, oh, God. <laughs> that, God. that kind of cinched it. Holy <laughs> shit. Like, no, okay. this isn't what okay. happened. The, yeah, this is not what happened, but, oh, my God, I'm just remembering what you're talking about now. And, <laughs> the snog? Oh, my God, That that's not a snog. That is a smolder that entered into her mouth. Um, <laughs> when Sherlock crashes through the windows at St. Bart's, lands right in front of Molly, fixes his coat... Ruffles, ruffles his, his hair, hair, cups her face, and then gives her this passionate kiss. And for the count of one, two, three, four, and then at five, let's go, walks off, and Molly's just sort With of like swirl sway- of the coat. swaying there. <laughs> and he just like whirls himself out. And I'm sorry, that was a screaming moment there, at least for me and my panties. Yeah. Because that... No, all of us did. That... Made it to Tumblr excellent, in excellent time. Yeah. And it was keeping me awake at night because I'm <laughs> sorry. That is the, 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 the small, the, the, the ever, use your words. <laughs> Coherence, Maggie. It was good. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, maybe actually, no, it was, yeah, the bungee jump was the first sort of clue that, like, mm, I have my doubts. And then, of course, the second bit that made me have my doubts was, um, apparently, in case anyone else was as clueless as we are when we were, we were when we were watching it, there was the hypnotist guy, mm-hmm. who's mm-hmm. named Darren Brown. Apparently, he's a thing in Britain, I'm guessing, because all these people were tweet on Tumblr, like, oh my god, Darren Brown! I'm like, mm, who? Who caught a hold <laughs> of John and yeah. basically said sleep. Yeah, so that they could buy, basically to buy more time. Right. You know, for them to get Sherlock in position, and he fiddled with John's watch. But that too seemed a little mm, really. But then there was the the Molly kiss was really what <laughs> cinched it. As wonderful as it was, yes, as wonderful. Oh God. Anyway, and, of course, then we have the and then it snaps out. Mm-hmm. When then, of course, the it cuts and with Lestrade saying, "That's right," being like, "Really? Are you serious?" Yes, and Anderson's yeah. like, "No, no, it totally was." And I love that Anderson's theory is like this big action movie, like the moment of him like crashing through the glass and kissing the girl and then wa- you know, swanning off in the coat is really sort of yep. action movie-ish. That's right, that's right. Now I'm going back and remember because I'm starting mm-hmm. to blend the uh, previews. Um, and that's when it was the newscast coming out about Moriarty and Richard Brooke. Mm-hmm. Actually, being the same person. Yeah. So they and so they nice neatly like cleared that up, being like, no, seriously, Moriarty was the re- was a real person. Richard Brooke was fake, and we now know that Sherlock was innocent. Unfortunately, he's dead, mm-hmm. or not, or something. Okay. So second theory that we get was one that certainly that that very quickly was like, okay, no, this is another fake. Which is easy enough to do because, I mean, it, everyone's going to be, the next time that we see it, everyone's going to be expecting that, okay, this isn't another made-up one. But it made up for the lack of surprise oh, in that shit. way by <laughs> by um, send, setting the fandom alight. That made that made it to Tumblr in yes. probably light speed. Yeah. Because uh, that was the second scream moment. Yeah. Because then we see Sherlock and Moriarty on the roof sort of 
as if playing collaborating, a, a, playing a practical joke on John, where yeah. the dummy is standing on the edge. Yeah, with a with a really bad like picture, like printed out picture of Sherlock on its face, and then Moriarty keeps giggling in the background. At one point, Sherlock I think turns to him and tells him to shut up. Yeah, but the the moment that really got the screaming was when they. Look, they were giggling after the dummy goes over the side, laughing at each other, and then they each they catch each other's eyes. And they keep looking at each other, and looking yeah. at each other. And, and I remember all of us in the, the room were like, oh my god, oh my god, they're not actually gonna, oh my god. I actually jumped up and started pointing at the yes. screen. Yes, you did! Just as Sherlock and Moriarty leaning start leaning in. in. You know, behind screen, those two must have been pissing themselves laughing. Oh my god, yes. They they probably had went to Moffat and said, Okay, which one of the fan which one of these fan things are we going to set alight? Because we've got so many theories that we can choose from. Well, we've got the Sherlock and Molly shippers that have been taken care of. We've got the Sherlock and Moriarty. I don't know if they're really shippers, but I know there's definitely fanfic. Oh, yeah. I don't know if anyone actually truly ships it. Well, okay. Yes, they do. I was going to say, I don't know if anyone really ships that. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is the internet. Yes, people will actually ship it, like, hardcore. You had to go there with the... You had to use that terminology. (laughs) When you're talking about Sherlock Moving on, moving on, moving on, moving on. (laughs) Anyway. So, yeah. And then, as if in a sort of a rule of three, we we do get that final one. Though even that's kind of... Who knows? Well, well, because we do get from the horse's mouth what supposedly actually happened. Yes. Where he is uh, sitting. We're not doing this very chronologically, are we? No. Okay. Remember I made the rule that we're not doing these things chronologically okay. anymore? Because they turn out painful. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's <laughs> they turn out painful to listen to and edit. Yes. He's sitting on the couch and he's talking to Anderson, who is now his biggest fan. Mm-hmm. And... He's actually illus- he's actually going through all of the details to Anderson because obviously John is an unworthy audience for not listening to it all the way through. Mm-hmm. They had actually planned Sherlock and Mycroft had several backup plans for mm-hmm. what could possibly happen, and they had to go with Code Lazarus, where- which is actually kind of which is I mean is an obvious code name for it. Even though though that really that's an obvious code name for any of the possible plans where he might have to fake his death. Um, but it is kind of amusing because uh, Mark Gatiss played someone named Lazarus in an episode of Doctor Who. Cute. But yeah, so of course, which which involves this is the plan involves the homeless network, a gigantic inflatable bag. Yep. Like stunt people use. Uh, Sherlock deduced that because of the reaction of the children, specifically the girl that mm-hmm. screamed at, on sight at him, he deduced that Moriarty had found somebody with similar features. Mm-hmm who probably tormented the children psychologically, if anything mm-hmm. else. So there must be... And then that person would have to be, quote-unquote, removed. Yeah. Mob style. Yeah. So there's probably a body at the morgue with very similar physical properties to mm-hmm. Sherlock. So Molly was able to find said body, dress it like Sherlock, mm-hmm. and for a brief moment it took its place on the sidewalk. Yeah, on the pavement so that John had something, could see a body when he came around the side of the ambulance station before he got hit by the bike. And you were right about the ball cutting off the pulse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, looking at the final theory, final in quotes, it does seem like there is a lot of, like, it is mostly the predominant fan theories. Right. Like, obviously, you know, who was in on it, that they used the corpse that looked like him, that Molly dumped the corpse before... To buy some time before Sherlock could get in place, you know, the ball in the armpit, all that sort of thing. That All that was 
that was mostly like the predominant sort of fan theory that was out there. Part of me kind of wonders if they actually didn't quite have, if they maybe had a vague idea of how he did it, and then they just sat back and sort of looked and see see what the fans said, and then actually incorporated that. <laughs> be like, okay, the fans figured it out for us. Let's do this. I wonder. That's got to be in an interview somewhere. Somebody must have asked that. Yeah. It's got to be out there somewhere. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to say it would have to be something after the episode had aired. Anderson decides that this isn't a good enough response. And while mm-hmm. he's going off on his tirade, Sherlock just decides he's, you know, this is enough. Yeah. I'm disappearing. Anderson just dissolves into happy giggles. And <laughs> just dissolves into hysterics, yeah. basically, and starts happy, tearing everything down. Happy hysterics. And see, like, I kind of love this. Watching this again tonight, I was, I kind of love it for multiple reasons, for meta reasons. Because, I mean, a few people I've seen have... People have either been like, oh my god, this is a great tribute to the fans, or there were, I've seen a few people, though I think it was mainly people, I think, who were already predisposed to not like the episode for certain reasons we're gonna do, who felt that it was making fun of the fans. I go more, definitely more towards the tribute to the fans, or sort of winking... I believe Nod so, too. to the fans. I, I think so. it, I think it's definitely more af- affectionate. Yeah. Like, in all the... Th- in placing, you know, sort of showing all the theories and all the, the things that could have happened, most of which have been suggested. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, maybe not the, the Sherlock and Moriarty were in on it together. I'm sure... I've, I think I've probably seen it somewhere, though. It was mostly probably as a joke. But definitely the dummy falling from the roof. Yeah. Even though that does not fit with the, what we saw in Reckenbach fall at all. Don't get me started. Bodies don't fall like that if they're already dead. Yeah, um, they, their arms don't windmill Yeah, they the don't down. windmill their arms on the way down. Anyway. Or like the bungee or like other things like that. You know, those sort of things are definitely, some of them jokingly, some of them slightly more seriously suggested by fans. And then, of course, like, having him snog Molly, having him snog Moriarty, those were just gifts to the fans. Yeah, they were. But I feel like, and too, like, I think Mark Gatiss is sort of, again, kind of winking to the fans with Anderson's reaction. Because, too, like, the way Sherlock tells it, when Sherlock tells it, like, he had, Gatiss had to know that no matter what explanation they give, there is no way, whatever explanation they give, that the fans are not going to, some fans are not going to be like, but but what about this? But what about this? But what about this? Yeah, not everybody's going to be satisfied. Yeah. There was no way that everybody was going to be satisfied. So I feel like more that's a a little nod, teasing nod to fandom. They they acknowledge that not everybody is going to be satisfied. Yeah. But everybody, quote unquote, is just going to have to deal with it. Yeah. And especially with the way that Anderson then starts going on the wild speculation and stuff, which is like, guys, like, whichever way you want to interpret it, this is what fandom does. Yeah. Fandom was going to do that. So, you know, maybe it's making fun, maybe it's teasing, maybe it's affectionate, but it's true. <laughs> look at your life, look at your choices. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and I think it, it was fun. I think the last one is mostly, probably mostly correct. Like, there is a certain thing, like, Anderson does say, why would you tell this to me when he's, I'm the last person you would say this. So, like, which is kind of true, and I wouldn't be surprised if Sherlock exaggerated certain things, like how far in advance he actually knew what exactly what was uh-huh. going on, that sort of thing. I don't think he'd admit to Anderson that he was completely clueless. But when Anderson starts doing the whole, like, but what about this, but what about this sort of thing, the look Sherlock has on his face as he turns to leave is just sort of this, ugh. Uh. For the love of Pete. Just, just this, oh God, it's sort of exasperated kind of look. Yes. Which definitely signals to me, like, I have just told this guy the whole thing and he still can't. Deal. Deal. And he even says, like, and Henderson even says, 
Eh, not the way I'd have done it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is what every fanfic writer who didn't like that answer was thinking. And that's when Sherlock pretty much looked at him with the death stare. Yeah. So I think, like, he has no reason to have that exact... If he had been fooling Anderson and that whole scenario was wrong, I think he would have just had a little one of those little smiles as he turned and walked out. Because he knows he's wound him up. Yeah. I think a look of exasperation more signals, like, I have just told him everything and he's still not satisfied. I have just told him the most fabulous thing in the history of coming back from the dead plots since the Bible. And <laughs> he says, I did it wrong. I am exiting stage left. I, don't do- I can't do this anymore. Which, again, I think is a cute little nod to fandom. Oh, the fandom. Come oh, here. speaking of fandom, I love how the Moriarty theory was, A, a female member of the, the, the club. Because, again, guys, true... Um, (laughs) but then I also love too, when Anderson, when they cut to the end of that, when that scene cuts and Anderson's like, that's not how it happened. And the girl's like, it makes as much sense as your Your theory, theory. which is fun. And I don't see it as, again, making fun of the fandom. (laughs) It's again, it's showing that like, yeah, okay, Sherlock and Moriarty smooching. Yeah. But it isn't really as fantastical as this other version. So it's sort of Crashing putting it on the equal, window and Yeah, at least on an equal footing with the I others. I still want to see the bloopers. Oh my god. Oh my god, I want a blooper reel. I want to really, really want to hear the commentary for this episode, Yes! Too. Thankfully, we only have to wait a couple weeks for oh, the DVDs. did that come out really? <laughs> You'll have to come over again when the DVDs come out and we'll watch it with the commentary. I'll refrain from the dirty joke there. <laughs> Again, and again, and again. again. Repeat. Play. Uh, Shall we move on to John? Yes, shall we move on to the... Yeah, because that's really the the second major question that people were asking. Was how is John going to deal? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was sort of a combination question. How is Sherlock going to tell John that he's revealed that he's alive? And how is John going to react? Yes. I love Sherlock's suggestion to Mycroft. (laughs) (laughs) Turn up in... I'll just turn up in Baker Street. Maybe jump out of a cake. Another gift to the fandom. Which I have seen... I fr- See, I don't... I think it might have even been drawn before even that clip came out. But I did see someone who drew, like, a bunch of little cartoony animated gifts of possible ways Sherlock could tell John that he wasn't dead. And one of them was Sherlock jumping out, out of, of a cake, cake. Saying, not dead. Yes. And in the briefest show of fraternal care, Mycroft sort of suggests... Don't you think coming back just out of the blue might be a problem? And Sherlock, of course not. Why not? Why, why, why would this be a problem? I don't <laughs> well, know. Well, when Mycroft points out that Baker Street, yeah, he's not there anymore. It's been two years. He's moved on. He's gone. moved on with his life now. What life? I've been away. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Sherlock. We've missed uh, your yes. ego. It's taken up so much space. <laughs> it's been so roomy around here. Without your ego to take up so much space. And he, I will admit, is a a little bit ingenious uh, in his approach, but... He's also insanely tone-deaf and a drama queen. I have to wonder, like, okay, well, Mycroft does tell Sherlock that John is having dinner at a certain restaurant and where. I'm pretty sure that if Mycroft knows John's at dinner, having a dinner, he knows who he's having dinner with, and he probably knows what, what John is planning to do at this dinner yes. and doesn't tell Sherlock so that Sherlock can look like a tit. Oh, Mycroft is enjoying all of this. Yes. Mostly, because he owns all of the cameras all over 
yeah. the city. So he's he prob- has to know. This is his. He's prim- probably watching John's yeah. like credit card receipts for that particular purchase. He, this he is made. his. This is his prime time yes. TV. And I, I wouldn't put it past him to specifically not tell Sherlock just because he thinks it'd be funny. Yeah. But as, yeah, and then, as brothers of that elite nature are want to do. And then for someone who's so good at deduction and Sherlock, you know, we see Sherlock go into the restaurant. Oh, he notices the maitre d'. He deduces that, oh, he's an expectant father and he's probably just gotten a text to say that his wife's having interactions to get him out of the way. He grabs stuff here and there. I feel like he missed a big deduction. That box? No, I feel he missed one before he even walked in the door. That the place is kind of fancy. And John doesn't seem like the kind of guy who would just go to a fancy restaurant. Not alone. And definitely would go there for a reason. Yeah, that's very true. And Sherlock probably should have realized that before he walked in the door. And made a certain deduction from that. But I think he was also too... Excited. Excited. Too excited about seeing John, and then of course as soon as he walks in the door, he's too wrapped up in being clever. Yes. Because we've seen he can... This is the drama queen coming out. Yeah, and he he does have, you know, trying to be clever is one of his weaknesses. We have seen this before. (laughs) He has made mistakes when he's trying to be clever. Uh... So he goes through the whole thing of, I love how he like, steals the guy's glass. Those glasses look really good on him. Glasses look good on... Gentlemen, I I consider them facial jewelry. I love mm-hmm. them. So he gets naturally. Sherlock is wearing a dark suit, the way yeah. Sherlock always does. Yeah, he snags a bow tie, a set of glasses, and was that a eyeliner mas- pencil? Eyeliner pencil. I was gonna say that's either a smudgy uh, mascara, eyeliner pencil, or something like that, and gives himself a little wee mustache. Yeah, teeny tiny little. The French last time I would have an eyeliner pencil, sort of sitting at the top of their bag, hanging like or over the edge there. Like, imagine that would be lipstick. More likely at a restaurant. We will have to verify. Somebody's got to find out. It was definitely an eyeliner. Like, no, no, it was definitely an eyeliner pencil. It just seems to me like eyeliner is the kind of thing you apply at home. Yeah, you don't bring it with you unless. Okay, maybe you maybe you're at work. You need to you know do a little more to the eyes when you're going from work to. Or dinner. if you anticipate crying, perhaps yes. But I think mascara would be more anyway. Deductions. Yes. <laughs> but anyway. Moving along. So he ba- arrives but basically at the he, table. He, he, you know, he, he, he transforms. Yeah. And basically he's so wrapped up in being so clever of like doing... Because he does all these sleight of hand things to get all these items. Like swapping one menu for another while he grabs the eyeliner pencil from the purse and right. stuff like that. And again, still misses a big point. And then, you know, of course, when he tries to get... Oh my God. The French accent. The French accent. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. You know, coming on, transforming into a waiter, and is doing everything he can to do the dun dun dun. Yeah, he even me. does the does the little jazz hands. Ha- practically does jazz hands yeah. at one point. And he behind John's like it's like a face from the past. And he has the cheesy French accent. Oh my god! Yeah, it's, it's and the, of course John's not noticing, worst. not noticing, not noticing because he's too he's too concerned about his own thing, his own thing, which. Is true character for John. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I absolutely adore the frustration that comes over Sherlock. I yes. adore the way it comes out. <laughs> because his brand plan isn't working. Yeah. Sorry, your your cleverness. Such drama queen. Your cleverness does not work here. And then, of course, when it finally works. I will it. Martin does the whole what the fuck frustration, crazed, confused, but anger so mm. Well, mm-hmm. well, especially because 
Maybe not when they were filming so much because there's different shots there. So, you know, so one line was probably filmed well before another line. It's not like it was a continuous thing. But he still has to do the acting between the two because it has to seem like like Watson's expression or feelings have to turn on a dime because at one moment he's like kind of nervous and really happy and all that other stuff because he's proposing. He literally, physically is doing the words, doing that whole prep and lead up yeah. and if you'll doing have me. Doing the wordy, trying to get the words out, get getting to the words, will you marry me, when, but doesn't quite get there until Sherlock swoops in. <sighs> and then he has to go from that to that wonderful, quiet, seething rage that we have seen before in which Martin Freeman does so well. How long was it before he actually had to attack him? It was a lot. There was actually like a good 30 seconds yeah, in there at least. It was. Well, because it, it was really beautifully done too, because like I'm sure everybody pretty much imagined like Sherlock would be, hey, not dead, punch, and like he would immediately punch him. But instead, like he just stands there, like silently as Sherlock sort of babbles a bit. Yeah. And as you can see, and, and like, and Benedict does such a perfect job too, because you can see Sherlock's face starting to go. Oh, this was not Uh-oh. good. <laughs> sort of like one, he's not saying anything to, oh crap, maybe this wasn't a good idea. Maybe I got a bit too clever. And like, <laughs> and, and then he's just quiet until that one moment where he, there's that one moment where John pounds the table. Yeah. And you could, like, he's trying to restrain himself. And he can't get the words out at first when he's like, you were dead. You made me think you were dead. You let me grieve. Yada, yada, yada. And like it's so it's not until Sherlock again in a bad bad idea bad move. tries to to desperately lighten the mood by making that other joke about John's mustache, mustache, and that's so when John attacks because he uh, he starts to wipe his own mustache off with a napkin. Yeah. He goes, "Does yours come off that easy?" And lunge. Yeah, and he says it with a bit of a. I love how Benedict says it too with a bit of a nervous, kind of desperate laugh, like, "Oh God, this isn't going as I thought." And make a joke. <laughs> Except your your idea of humor is is not good. Is not the most accurate. Socially aware, Sherlock. So as we've talked about, they get basically downgraded to another restaurant. I love that. I love how each time they get downgraded to like worse and worse restaurant. And, and each time Sherlock is nursing a new wound somewhere yes. in the middle of his face. Yeah, the first time he just looks a little tousled. Well, then when they're at, then the, they're in that little cafe. Yeah. And he's like, I'll try, trying to go into the, this is how I did it. And that's when John has the line of like, you did, I don't care how, I want to know why. And they keep talking. I forget what the exact trigger was for the next move. Was it the mustache it again? Was, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, it was, no, he had said, because he says something that lets John know that Mycroft was in on it, because I remember vividly the picture of Mary being yes. like, he would have needed an accomplice, and then John just looks at her and she's like, mm, shutting up, okay. It was the homeless, ne- yes. how many people? How oh, many- yeah, it, it, oh, yeah, he was like, how many people is the homeless network, and then John says something like, so Mycroft and a hundred tramps knew that you were alive. And Sherlock's like, not a hundred. It was more like 25. And that's when John lunges over the table at him. Cut to in a tiny little takeaway. Yes. 
and, and, John, again, and, and Sherlock's... again, Sherlock is nursing something on his face. That yeah, he's is, got that cut on his lip. Which is newly bruised open. He's just dabbing at it, like, is it stop bleeding it? And then that one, again, I can't remember what the trigger was, but finally, John, I love how it, it goes from tackling him to punching him to headbutting yep, him. Yep, headbutting is and, was good. And, like, giving Sherlock a bloody nose. Uh... Again, it wasn't just a simple punch. It no. was... Nicely escalating, and it was a few different ways of John attacking him. All of which are better than the Arthur Conan Doyle version. Of him just fainting. Yeah, where he just faints. Uh, and silly. Sherlock being like, I'm so sorry, Watson. I never knew you'd be so affected. The tone deafness is not exactly, is pretty much the same between the two, I'd say. I guess. But in that whole proceedings, we see Mary. Yes, we do get introduced to Mary, who is awesome. She is. She is. And she is not cowed in the presence of Sherlock, like nope. a lot of other fangirls or a lot of other, you know, people in the London area would be. She basically, oh my god, do you know what you did to him? Mm-hmm. She is immediately defensive of Watson. Yeah. Yeah, she is horrified at Sherlock when he turns up in the restaurant. She's like, do you know what you put him through? But at the same time, I kind of like that later, she, well, she offers that, that thing, that note about Mycroft, and then she's the, talking to, after after John bloodies Sherlock's nose, she's talking to Sherlock. Yeah, well, and saying John is flagging down a taxi. And saying, I'll fix it. Because I'll, and talk, I love, I'll talk him around. Yeah, because I, I love that, like, there were quite a few people who were sort of beforehand were kind of like, oh no, Mary will get in between John and Sherlock and all this other stuff. I love that she totally isn't. <laughs> she is sort of like, she's pissed at Sherlock at first for, like, putting John through hell <laughs> for the last two years. But... She's not trying to keep them apart or trying to. And even as we see later, like the next day, and she's like, I'm going to go see him. He's like, no, I'm going to. And John's like, no, I'm going to work. And she's like, and then you're going to go see him. And John is shaving. Yes, he's shaving up his mustache. It is now a t-shirt. I do not shave for, for Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Holmes. Yep. BBC had that one up like by the end of the episode. Brilliant piece of marketing there. Yeah. And I love how she's, she's teasing him too. And she's like, oh, you're shaving it off because of Sherlock. And she's like, what was, what's the exact line? She's like, Oh yeah, six months of bristly kisses for me, and then his nibs shows up, and and she's reading John's blog. I love her. <sighs> love her. She seems to understand the bromance. Like, yeah, how much they mean to each other, and how yep. much John kind of needs Sherlock and stuff, and she's you know trying to get them to be friends even again, a, even as much as John does not want to acknowledge it. Yeah, or even look, as he's, he's still he being stubborn. Look at it. <laughs> yes. Well, he's an army doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and with a name like Hamish. Oh, yeah. And then, oh, yeah, and, but we do also get that, and I, I really have to go back and freeze frame, like, every single bit of this, where he does the Sherlock, Sherlock does the Sherlock scan on Mary. There's a whole bunch of things There's like, cat lover, size 12, nurse. bakes her own bread, nurse. Guardian. Lib- yeah, guardian, which I think, I'm not sure whether that means she is the guardian of someone, or is a guardian newspaper reader. I'm thinking this well, considering it says also says she's a Lib Dem, I'm thinking Guardian newspaper reader. But yeah, and like all this other stuff. Of course, one of the other things that turns up is Liar hmm. that had everybody all of Twitter. Yes. Ooh. On Twitter and Tumblr and... And, 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 and. And she had just lied about the mustache. Yes, because one of the quotes was that John would saying that Mary likes it. And Sherlock says, like, mm, no, no, she doesn't. Yes, she does. And they both just look over at her, and she just very shyly just turns away. She, yeah, looks kind of sheepish, and she's like, oh my god, really? <laughs> she's like, I didn't know how to tell you. 
But yes, I love Mary so far. Love her so much. And then, of course, we have the, the healing of the bromance. Yes, after he tries to... He's, he actually uh, occupies Molly for a little while. Yes! Oh my god, that was the other major feels. Sherlock and Molly. He was trying... He was doing his best to be nice. Mm-hmm. In a Sherlocky kind of way. And he did do a pretty good job of it. He did. And he even said, I don't want you to be John. I want you to be you. you. Yeah. And that was... Oh! 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 Like, oh, oh, oh. That... That was a learning experience there. Yes. Like in kindergarten, we would give that boy a prize. (laughs) Well, and it does show, that whole sequence too, does show a lot of sort of Sherlock's development. Because when you see him dealing with some of the clients, like he he seems to be dealing with the clients better. Mm -hmm. In some ways, less abrasively or less abruptly or less like boring. Like there's that one 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 woman... I think it's, oh, I can't remember. It is based on one of the actual stories. I can't remember which one. But the one who had the pen pal. Right. Who suddenly disappeared. Yeah. And he was just, you know, he was sitting there and just sort of had his hand on top of hers as she's crying. And he's sort of, you know, looking at her very sympathetically. And of course, you know, it's Sherlock. It's probably a front. But at least he's doing that. Like, compare that to how he was treating yep. Henry in Hounds of Baskerville. And all when he was the, just like, boring anyway. All of the other clients that were trying to have Sherlock take their case. Boring. Yeah. What, what did you want? Boring. What did you want? Boring. Yeah, even though he's already solved it, he's at least making a show of being sympathetic and stuff. And when he goes, turns to Molly and explains what's going on, he seems pissed. Yeah. He seems angry. And he starts yelling at the... Father. The stepfather. Now, do we dare say that humanity is poking out from between the armor of Sherlock's persona? I think we do. I mean, he's still himself... But, I mean, and there's that, so there's there's still moments where he's not so good. Like when he goes to visit that client that left the hat at the ha- at 221B. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That he and Mycroft were having deductions about, which I'll then also mention in a second. But he goes to his house and the guy's a big train nut, especially the London Underground. Right. And he says something about, you know, my girlfriend told me to, to I should go see you. And Sherlock goes, girlfriend? As kind of a laugh. Yeah. And then it's sort of like... He sort of has this look over at Molly like, ooh, not good. Molly's sort of looking back at him like as though John would say, bit not good, yeah. So he still has his moments of tone deafness and being abrasive. But then he also has that moment when he, that conversation with Mycroft, where he's kind of pointing out Mycroft's isolation. Yes. Because, uh... When Mycroft comes... Oh, and I love that they're playing Operation. I know! I love that! Especially because they they totally frame the shot so it looks like they're playing chess, and then we find, and then later when we, they reveal what they are actually playing, you see the chess board back in the background on the coffee table. So it's totally a trick. But in their conversation, Sherlock and I suppose that they did this often as boys or as young men growing up tossed him just a hat and asked for deductions, mm-hmm. and Mycroft unable to help himself. Of course, I'm not going to talk about this, 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 this. Oh. Damn it, I've already done it. <laughs> and they go back and forth talking about the deductions they've made out of the hat and why. Mm-hmm. And yes, fiber people, Sherlock, yes! does know about alpacas. Yes, Mycroft gets it wrong. He says the hat is from Peru, it's made of alpaca. And Sherlock says, no, it's made out of Icelandic wool. <laughs> very, I think he says something like, very, very obvious to anyone that's made a study 
of it. I've written a note on the temp, an essay on the tensile strength of different natural fibers. Of course you did. <laughs> so you all of us knitters were like, yes! Of course you did. <laughs> I think we squealed when we were watching it because most of us, well, I don't think any of us were actually knitting because I think no, we were No, not at that tense, point we weren't. We were but, just going, oh my god, oh my god. I, I would pay so much money to have a picture of Sherlock knitting. Mm, that would be awesome. Yeah, it would be. Anyway, <laughs> um, but Sherlock does press the point that Mycroft has completely missed the humanity part mm -hmm. of the whole deduction process mm -hmm. about the man's isolation. And even says, like, he, and he turns it around so that, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but he does make it clear, make, basically makes Mycroft say, you know, maybe he doesn't care about being isolated or doesn't care about being different because there's nobody there to see it or something like that. And she's like, Sherlock's like, yes, why would he care? And sort of, like, it becomes very clear that he's talking kind of about Mycroft there. Mm -hmm. And sort of pushing on Mycroft, like, you are very isolated. Nudge, nudge. You should need people. Well, and Benedict does look cute in that hat with the curls. Yes. He does. Little curls sticking wonder, out from under the chill I wonder if he's gotten gifts of those now. Oh, my God. There's probably, like, ten that hand-knitted versions that he's already seen. True, just, just for the props. <laughs> and it's really interesting because, like, people have mentioned that he seems, especially in that scene and a couple others, like it seems like having had those two years away and for where he's forced to be away from John and his other friends, like seems to have really changed something in him about like he realizes he does really need other people. Yeah. And he does miss having other people around, which is kind of, again, maybe helped grow his humanity a bit. And which makes it really sweet too when he's dealing again with Molly at the end of their day together. When he's all like, how about we go for fish and chips, for one? And then he, he gives that he gives that line about Moretti's big mistake, about how yes. the most important person, the person he thought, Moretti thought, was least important, was actually most, most important. important. And it's like, oh my god! And he's like, honestly telling Molly, and thank you. Yeah. In, for everything in, in the best way that he can. Yeah. And he gives And being a actually complimentary. And he gives her a kiss on the cheek. Yes. Especially after they discuss her engagement. Yeah. And you hear her whisper just a little bit afterwards, I've got a type. Yeah. Maybe he's my type. I think he's my type. <laughs> Which we find out later. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's Girl's a type. type. As her boyfriend walks in, and it's like, hmm, tall, lanky, dark curly hair, long dark coat, collar turned up, scarf. Scarf knotted around the neck, long face. Even, Sher face. even Sherlock gets a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, Sherlock turns around to see and he's like, oh god. <laughs> he's like, oh, nice to meet you. I'll just be going. So. Oh, and just mentioning his connection with other people. When Lestrade finds out. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Fails. Oh, Lestrade. Oh, you are such a big teddy bear. I love how he's like, you bastard. And then when Sherlock actually walks up to him, he just grabs him and hugs him. Yep, Lestrade is such a big teddy bear. Oh, I love you, Greg. Even though Sherlock gets his name wrong. Every single time. <laughs> and then, of course, Mrs. Hudson's reaction. <laughs> which I love. Which is, again, pretty much canon. Because she just sees him and starts screaming. Screaming, yeah. And we get a little close-up of the tonsils. Which is pretty much in the books, basically, they, it's an offhand mention that, you know, when he turned up at Mrs. Hudson, she basically went into violent hysterics. Which, yeah. Oh, but then, of course, Mrs. Hudson also has that really lovely line when she comes in bearing tea and Mycroft is there. And she says a line, it's something, I can't remember the exact wording, but something along the line of, oh, he's secretly happy that <laughs> you're back or something like that. And one of them is like, which one are you talking Which one to? are you talking about? And she's like, both, both of, of you. you. It's like, aww. 
It's like she knows the Holmes boys better than they know themselves. Or yep. willing to admit. Oh. Like she's literally skipping on rainbows the whole time. She's loving it. <laughs> but oh, unfortunately, John doesn't even make it in to see Sherlock. Oh, God. That was the other, like, oh, my God, the feel. Well, that and the one other thing that I'm thinking of. Oh, major feels, major tension. Because that bit, oh, my God. Because we see John get kidnapped. Abducted. Before John and Sherlock can actually get. Right. Talk again. Because you, you know, oh, you know. But he's, oh, but when it happens, he's, like, in front of 221B. Yeah, because you know John is eventually. Yeah, he's going to come around. He just had to wait for his time to cool down. Yeah. And to do it on his terms. Yeah. So you know he's going to come around. And to make it clear to Sherlock that no, this was not okay. But he doesn't even make it inside 221B. Yeah. He's attacked on the pavement. Yeah. And they drag him off. He's he's basically drugged and taken off. Yeah. At, at this point, you know, the fandom is probably going, no, we just got one back. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Yeah. And then Mary gets that text message with the code in it. And, you know... She runs up to see Sherlock, and the, the fish and chips just splatter everywhere. Yeah, the chips just go falling to the floor. Because, oh my god, John's in trouble! And it's like, oh god. But that scene, too, it was, oh, it was horrifying, too, because, like, at first we can't see, you can't see where John is. You just see dark, and you see what looks like, sort of, like, greenery or bushes or something like that. And it's all very hazy and mottled and yeah. not Well, it's very clear. much from his point of view. Right. Because at that moment, he's, you know, been drugged and stuff, so he's also, like... Oh, one of the other horrible parts about it is, like, he can't move, and he can't even talk, so it looks like the drugs are, like, paralytics. Yes. So he can't move, can't do anything to try and scream out or anything like that at first. And through some of the clues coming through, yeah, you get the idea of, oh, that's where John is. Yeah. No! Yeah, because I remember, like, months ago, I saw on Tumblr... Uh, behind the scene, like a filming, someone had taken a photo while they were filming the scene. I remember this too. Yeah, and I saw they had, it was like a huge, it was basically like a huge pile of wood and branches and stuff like that, like a huge bonfire. And I was like, and I remember thinking at the time, oh, okay, so it must take place on bonfire night, on Guy Fox night. I'm like, okay, okay. And I totally forgot about that. And while we're watching the episode, I can't remember exactly when, but I think it was the first time you made a reference in the, the text message to things are getting hotter down here or something like that. And then I realized, oh my god, John's surrounded by... Br- oh my god, he's in the middle of a bonfire! And there, Because there was also those two kids walking by that says, Penny for the guy, Penny yeah, for the guy. Yeah, earlier, and I was, yeah, yeah. I noticed that when they were doing that. And I was like, oh, bonfire. So, yeah, I remember that uh, particular behind-the-scenes video because they were waiting, waiting, and I remember Sher- um, Sherlock, Benedict, same, same person, you know, waving to the fans and yeah. sort of bouncing, keeping himself warm in the cold, and then, yeah. okay, and go! And he starts running through the crowd, running through yeah. the crowd. Um... But yeah. yeah, so I had that realization before they made it clear, and I'm just like, oh god, waiting for it, waiting for it, waiting for it. Oh my god! And no, as a lot of people uh, live in London, this is the way that it is. Not a lot of people have cars. It's kind yeah. of like living in the middle of a big city. Why would you? Yeah. For a lot of people, they take public transit, or they take taxis, or they yeah. just walk. My my uncle lives in Toronto, has right. lived in Toronto for years. He doesn't have a car. If he wants a car, he rents one, because he lives in a condo in the middle of downtown Toronto. If he wants to go anywhere, he takes the subway. So, neither of them have vehicle right now. Yeah. And they need to get to where Sherlock has deduced that this big yeah. event is happening. And I love and they've it. been given a time limit, right. too. They said and I like love 10 that minutes. they're standing in the middle of the road, and Sherlock's just looking around going, too slow, too slow, too slow, and Mary's like, what the hell are you doing? What are we doing here? And that's when he just 
falls out, stops a motorcyclist. I love how he just he just puts out his hand too to stop them. They stop in front of him. It's like you shall not pass, and just takes the motorcycle and the helmet. You know that's the role he wants to play. Mm-hmm. He actually said it. He wanted. Oh, yeah? He wants to play Gandalf. <laughs> well, maybe you know, in another thirty years when they're remaking it. But so yeah, like out of one so, band and then, back into the other. Oh, and then we have all the that scene where, and again, like this. Obviously, in this episode, they're still they do a lot of the the text appearing on the screen to sort of give you the idea. And I love how they do that, where Sherlock, you can see Sherlock thinking of the roots and calculating the time, and it says, you know, five minutes, eight, you know, eight minutes, five minutes. And especially when he's getting the text messages like, you know, stay of execution, you've got two, two minutes. Two minutes, stay of execution. And you see him do it, thinking, okay, well, if I go here, 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 and the, the counter goes down one minute, and it's like, oh, God. I mean, you know they're going to get there in time, you know John's going to be okay. But it's still like, oh my god! And the little girl standing at the front of the crowd. Oh my god, how traumatized would that, that kid be? That was freaky, because she could hear him, but nobody yeah. else could. Yeah, because he still couldn't, like, John was still, he was kind of starting to, the, the drugs were wearing off where he could kind of make noise, but he couldn't really at first. And she's like, Daddy, the guy doesn't like it. And it's like, oh my god, how horrifying for that kid. Yeah, the kid's going to have issues. He's gonna, she's going to be, like, take a Hawaiian vacation every Bonfire November night. now. Yeah. Yeah. For the first week of November, every year. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, like, oh, and then, like, it's, it really gets down to the wire, because you see them, like, pouring gasoline onto the, or, you know, some, well, no, it was in a can. It was in a jerry can, so it was definitely gasoline or something. Yeah. Like, pouring it onto the bonfire, and then setting it alight, and it's starting to burn as they're... They've got the the bike coming in, and they're running towards it, and it's like, oh my god, you can hear John screaming, and like, oh my god. And Sherlock literally runs into the fire, into the flame, pulling things out, screaming for John. Trying to grab him and drag him out, and Mary's screaming behind him, it's like... And it is kind of interesting, too, because it kind of made me think, too, of in Scandal in Belgravia... Sherlock has that line about, you know, fire exposing our priorities. Yes. It's like, well, shows what their priority yep. is. And it's done. The hedgehog. It's the hedgehog. As the fandom has said. Basically, yes. the fandom has decided that Sherlock is an otter because they have photos of Benedict Cumberpatch making. Cumberpatch? I was going to say Cumberpatch. <laughs> Benedict making faces and, like, otters making the same faces, and everyone's decided that John is a hedgehog. Which. Then it also explained, like, I saw a number of tweets before the episode, too, where people were saying something about, like, being, make sure to check your bonfires for hedgehogs, which I think is actually a real thing, like, Ma- making sure hedgehogs aren't in, like, your woodpile. Wood piles and stuff like that, because they sort of hide in there. But yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, after the episode, when I saw one of the tweets, I'm like, oh shit, that's what they were talking about. Oh, good thing I'm clueless. So what uh, what animal would Mary be? I don't know. I'll have to check Tumblr and see They'll if they be, decided. There's something out there. <laughs> but yeah, so, oh my god, that, <sighs> that bit... That was somewhat stress stressing. Yeah. Well, and that kind of leads in a little bit to the case. Well, in the end, it doesn't. We think kind of want think it does at the at first, but ends up not leading into the case, right? Because there is actually a case in there. There's a there's a large concern that yeah. my the bonfire Croft, night part does bleed into it. The Mycroft has actually charged his brother with a very important case or yeah. concern. Well, that's why Mycroft brings him back, which at the beginning, oh was my god. hilarious! <laughs> well, not so hilarious when Sherlock's being tortured, poor baby. Though really, that wig, I mean, seriously. Yeah, 
What is that? What was that wig? But yeah, when he's in that, like, Serbian prison or whatever and he's being tortured and he tells, deduces that the guy who's torturing him, his wife, is cheating on him. With the coffin maker. Yeah. And then if he goes right now, he'll be able to catch them in the act. So he takes off. And then, of course, we just see this shadowy sort of, obviously, like, officer sitting in the background. And he comes up talking to Sherlock in Serbian. And then he switches to English and it's like, oh my god, it's Mycroft! That was a nice little tease. And I love Mycroft complaining later about having to go undercover. Ugh. You know how much I hate legwork. But the, talking about how smelly the, the other guys were that he had to infiltrate with. Yeah. All those people. But yeah, so Mycroft, I mean, Mycroft, we find out that Mycroft has brought Sherlock back because there's a, a terrorist attack being planned for London, which most of it I'm watching and I'm like, Mark, you just cribbed this from V from Vendetta, really. Yeah. <laughs> because really, I mean, it ends up with a underground car, like the yes. London underground car, subway car, in an abandoned station, or near an abandoned station. And Guy Fox Night. Underneath Parliament on the 5th of November. Yes. Gee, Mark, was somebody watching V for Vendetta when they should have been writing? I'm surprised nobody actually mentioned it, mentioned it. Yeah. Because they, they do stuff like that. Yeah. In, in Anyway. And they do mention, like, they do, you know, Sherlock does say, he, when he has the realization of what's going on, he's like, what's the date? And John's like, it's, no- oh my god, it's November 5th. And then he even quotes, remember, remember, the 5th of November, yeah. gunpowder, treason, and plot. And it does have a, like, the sort of like the original plot, it does have someone involved in the plot who's a member of parliament and who is not showing up. And of course, so there they are. Through a series of events. Are we going to talk about the events that get them to the car? You might as well, because I'm trying to think of what they are, what you're talking about. The train that notices on his video footage. Oh, yeah. That that was a nice, that was a cool little thing. Because it's basically a really cool cl- locked room mystery sort yeah. of thing. Parli- parliamentary member goes in, nobody comes out. Yeah. And the next well, the, yeah, next video from the first, from uh, Westminster Station, I think it is. Yeah, video from like West Westminster Station, he goes in. The guy goes into the train car. Train pulls into the next stop. Nobody's there. Nobody's in the car. And it's not until later that Sherlock realizes that there is one less car yeah. on the train. So it's not the guy that disappeared. It's the entire train car. And also figures out that he realizes the timestamp on the two. It's like on the two videos. It only takes like five minutes to get from this one station to this other station. And it actually, but the timestamp says it took ten minutes. And that strangely no one's seen the driver for a while. So obviously the driver must have dumped this car off. And I like the true. I'd like to take a look and see if this is actually a real thing, because it is a real thing in a number of different cities that have like subway systems where they have stations that are no longer used. Right, they're abandoned stations. There's actually one in Toronto called Lower Bay Station that's actually used for filming. And cool. Stuff, because it, it was originally like this one state. It was supposed to be where people could do a complex sort of switch from like the east-west line to the north-south line, so people could stay on the train and it would go change direction. But it ended up being just not used that much and stuff, so they just boarded it up. I think every year on uh, when they have doors open in Toronto, they actually have tours of it. I really want to go just because it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> but they use it for filming now because it looks like a subway station. Cool. But there's no access to it. And I know there's a cool one in New York, too, um, at City Hall. So I really want to I, I look up and see if this station is a real thing. I kind of wonder because one of the things, one of the canon mentions in this or little hints of the canon, is there's one, in one of the home stories, there's a, Sherlock alludes to a case about something called the giant rat of Sumatra, which the world is not ready to hear. Like, Conan Doyle throws in a lot of those little mentions. Right. 
about these other cases that, you know, Watson won't write about because, you know, there are certain things that the public is not ready to know. <laughs> but in this one, well, A, Sherlock has people that he watches and there's sort of a hint that if something's going That's down. That's right. One of them is... Markers. Lo- yeah. One is Lord Moran, reference to Sebastian Moran, who is Moriarty's second in command. He's totally right. not in this one, but the name... Is a link. Yeah, he definitely used the name, Link which across the cannons. kind of drove the fandom nuts, because uh, fandom had kind of taken that character and turned him into a major thing, like, seriously, creating gift sets and art and all this other stuff, and it's like, guys, this character hasn't even been mentioned in Sherlock. <laughs> it's like it's like he was a main character in the Calm show. Calm the hell down. <laughs> it was like he was a main character on the show, and it's like, guys, he hasn't even been mentioned. But yeah, so he's just this sort of one-off little character. But Sherlock refers to him as the biggest rat. So the giant rat. And the station that they find is under Sumatra Road. Nice. So That's a good the, link. The giant rat of Sumatra. It's like one of the more obscure ones. That's a good link. But because of that connection, I kind of have to wonder if that particular station, because it'd be a bit too coincidental for it to be in that location, I think. Considering all the times people have tried to blow up Parliament... Yeah, I would think, like, you know, I don't know if there's any... Act- and plus, like, I mean, I know the the system in London has to have changed a billion times, like, between, you know, population changes and rooting changes and, you know, after the Second World War when probably large parts of it were destroyed. <laughs> but I'm, I'm wondering if they would actually have a station that's, like, underneath Parliament or any tunnels that go, like, underneath Parliament. I would think they might even sort of reroute around it for yeah. reasons... <laughs> for reasons. Capital R reasons. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so they end up... And one of the cool things was, when they're going into this station... Well, for one thing, when they're going into the station, I was thinking of Skyfall anyway, because it's sort of like the chase through the underground in yeah. Skyfall. Also, there was that shot of the of Sherlock on the roof. I really have to compare the skyline from that shot to the one in Skyfall, because I think it's the same damn roof that Bond was on in the last thing. <laughs> But I noticed too when the when they're going into the underground, the music there, the music in this episode is awesome. awesome. It's very good. But in that section, it's very Bondish, which makes sense because David Arnold is one of the writers of the music who did any music for a number of the Bond films. I really want the soundtrack for that bit. But yes, they go into the underground and find the train car, which is loaded up to its gills. It's upholstery. It's wi- the whole thing is mm-hmm. lined with bombs. Well, at first they're kind of thrown, because they're like, huh, there's no bomb here. And I'm like, there's it's nothing. in the seats, guys. There's nothing. Have seats. Seats could be made of plastic explosives. There's nothing here. There's nothing. It's just a car. There's nothing here. And then, oh, wait, this seat has a bomb in it. Yeah, oh, he wait. sees the wire going into the seat, and it's All like, the oh. seats have a bomb. Yep. Oh, wait. <laughs> Under our very feet is a, a humongo megabomb. With... Timer on it, because of course they always have timers. And of course it starts ticking yes. when they're there. Yeah, well because we see Lord Moran off in a hotel room somewhere watching And he opens TV. a It's a very villain-esque suitcase yeah, from James Bond. It's totally Bond, Bond villain. It's, where, a, you know, it's a briefcase a key, with a big Puts in a key, panel. turns it, presses a bunch of numbers. And I'm like, like Moriarty did this on a on a smartphone. Come on! <laughs> and the the actually the code for the bomb wasn't even that creative. It's zero five one 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 three fifth yeah. November, 
13. Oh, good God. <laughs> it's like, really, guys? Really? You're a little too committed to this whole 5th of November thing. Though we do get that really cool when Sherlock is doing... There's a few times when... Or a couple times when Sherlock is sort of seeing how things will go or predicting how things will go. And that's when we get that really cool visualization of yes. what will happen if the bomb goes off. Yes. Where he's like, at first you see him just sitting in this train car and then you see like the flame licking along the floor before the door blows out and it all blows up. And you see... The parliament buildings blow up. And a really good... That was some really good CG for TV. <laughs> but that scene also reunites the the otter and the hedgehog in <laughs> major feelsy kind of ways. Yeah. I mean, you gotta admit, Sherlock does totally play John. Completely. Yeah. Well, again, rewatching it today, and this is one of the reasons I, I mentioned earlier, you really kind of have to rewatch things to see when okay. things happen. Fair enough. I've only seen it the one time, and it's been a bit now. Yeah, a couple weeks. But I noticed, like, on rewatching, I noticed it's actually pretty late that he starts playing John. Because you see him, he and John have that argument about, like, well, don't you know how to turn, defuse a bomb? No, I don't know how to defuse a bomb. You I love it. Mind palace! Mind palace! It's like, do you think I just have how to defuse one of those in here? Who knows? My work. Yeah. I, I almost see Sheldon. Yeah, and and then Sherlock is yells at John, like, you were, in the, you were a soldier. And he was like, I was a doctor. I wasn't in bomb disposal. So, yeah. And, you know, John freaking out about, like, oh, my God, what are we doing? But, and then... Sherlock does have that one bit where he just tells John, just go, go just run. run. And John's like, I can't get away in time. But see, it's, all of that goes by and the mind palace thing. And then Sherlock bends down to take another look at the device and is panicking. And I, when I watched it again, I saw, okay, I could see the moment that first time that he finds the switch to turn it off. And it's fairly late. Like, he is honestly panicking. He's honestly, you know, the whole when he tells John to go, that's all real. Okay. It's only, he finds the switch, flicks it, and then he pauses for like a second before he comes up and says, I can't find it. And he's got the tears in his eyes. And he's all like, that when he's starting to do all the the slightly more dramatic stuff, basically forcing John to admit that he forgives him. And I mean, and it is shitty and manipulative especially because he does mention stuff like oh if it wasn't for me you and mary would be would have a future together and all this other stuff like you little shit well he's a younger brother he knows how to be a little shit yeah but then uh i mean i have seen some people say i think it was on the baker street babes podcast where they were talking about it they were saying that you know it's possible it comes from like Sherlock's kind of maybe not insecurity, like not maybe not overall insecurity, but just like he needs to know that John forgives him, him for him to function. Yeah. And so that he kind of takes advantage of that situation because, but because he can't like, because these are two British men and they don't talk about feelings. He needs to hear that, but he kind of has to force John into saying it because otherwise he can't just ask or he can't just, you know, be emotionally vulnerable with John. Because men don't do those things. Yes. And especially, especially British men, men. Especially British men with egos. Yeah. No matter how much they're... Stiff upper lip and all that. Yes. And it is, and oh God, and yes, when John's all like, yes, you idiot, I do forgive you. And then we get John just sort of standing there preparing himself for the explosion. And then you hear Sherlock laughing, <laughs> starting to giggle. And he's like, you... Asshole. I fully expected another headbutt there. Yeah, another punch. Or, or at least a scramble. To punch him again, yeah. You but not sweet, repeat a do. word of this. Not a, not a word. Scout's honor. I'm like, you were never a scout. 
but oh, the boys are back together. Boys are back in town. <laughs> oh God! And then of course the the ending with John and Sherlock, where like there's press outside of two two one B. He pauses. Yes, he's about to walk out the door, and he pauses for a moment, reaches off out of the frame, and puts on the the deer stalker, and puts on the hat. He's like, oh God, they're back. The boys are back. But of course, they don't just can't just leave it there because then we have that shadowy figure. This is to do with the overall arc because we never did find out who took Dr. Watson. Yeah, Watson does ask Sherlock about that and Sherlock is frustrated that he doesn't know who it was that took John or why. And we get that, that shadowy figure watching the footage. Over and, and over, over and, and over, over again of Sherlock rushing in, pulling John out. Dun, dun, dun. So yeah, I love this episode. I had a very distinct set of eyes behind some glasses. Mm-hmm. And that's all you get to see of the mystery yeah. man. And that's creepy in and of itself. Mm-hmm. I love this episode. Oh, everybody loved this episode. Yeah. Well, a lot of people oh, were most angry. People. It was an emotional episode. Yeah. I think overall, I think people liked the episode. I have seen, I did see some people complaining that there wasn't much of a case. But, like... You got a lot to reintroduce. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you need to cover. And, like, you know, my sort of take on it was, like, okay, one, one, I'm not going to have any problems with character development and all that character stuff. There's a huge amount of character development in this. Two, like, for the two years that we've been waiting, no one has speculated about the case. The only questions be things where people talk people were talking about over the past two years were how did Sherlock do it and how is John gonna react yeah. when he finds out. Those were the main things. So do not nitpick about there is not much of a case going on. <laughs> so yeah. On. I'm like There were lots of little cases. Yeah. And some un- unsolved case. Yeah, I just so I mean the case is kind of incidental to that and I don't have a problem with that. Because I mean I mean if they had I mean I mean they do have ninety minutes. And if, if they'd had a bigger case, they would have had to cut out something else. And I can't think of anything I'd want them to cut out. Because I really needed to see, or really wanted to see, Sherlock and Molly. And how he sort of says thank you to her. For her participation in everything yeah. that's happened. And is treating her with more respect and stuff. And I wanted to see Mrs. Hudson's reaction and Lestrade's reaction. And, you know, I love that we get the long, I love that we got the longer reactions from John. Yeah. We had the different steps in reacting from John instead of one punch and, and all that stuff. And and his steps to trying to get to grips with it the days following it. Yeah. Oh god, and that brilliant sequence where they're cutting in between Sherlock and Molly and John at work. Yeah. And when, you know, Sherlock is telling Mrs. No, Sherlock is telling Mycroft, I think it is, or something, telling somebody about, like, they were like, I, you know, I tried to apologize to John. And they were just like, well, what did he say? And Sherlock says, and then you and cut to John, he's talking to a patient, he says, cough. Yep. That was or like brilliant. That was brilliant editing. Or what was right his there. reaction? And you see John pulling on a glove, and he's got the middle finger pointed up before he... Yeah. You know, readjust the other fingers on the, the gloves, the surgical gloves. And John believes that one of his patients oh, God, that comes in yes. is Sherlock in disguise. Yeah, that's another canon reference, because in The Empty House... Sherlock actually is in disguise. Yeah, he turns up, he first bumps into John looking like an elderly bookseller. Yeah. And he's got the glasses and the long hair and the hat and everything like that. So it's totally, and so John thinks that's a disguise and totally... Totally makes an arse out of himself. Oh my god. And it is kind of hilarious. It just goes to prove he still has Sherlock on the mind. Yeah. Well, and then we have the whole sequence where um, Sherlock's investigating that case, that little thing that 
Anderson Anderson's set, set up. up. And he keeps hearing John's little criticisms in his mind. And he keeps like, saying, show off. shut up, shut up. Yeah, and everybody else is like, okay. Or I love the one where he's turning to leave, and you see, and they're in text on the screen as well as hearing John say them. And you see the text on the screen, forgot to turn your collar up. I guess that's just one of the things Sherlock does. Yep, they're so good with each other. I know. They're so good. So happy to have them back. And now I have to keep thinking, like, I keep thinking, like, when I was talking to one of the pages at work, has started watching Sherlock in the last couple weeks, and so she was talking about it on Saturday. And there was a moment where I was like, well, there are only, I was about to say six episodes. I'm like, no, there are going to be nine episodes now. I have to adjust that number in my head. But it's definitely like, it, the whole thing went too was also definitely like, yeah, we read your theories. Mark Day's pretty much saying, yeah, we read your theories. We know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I hope he, I really hope he hasn't taken a look at Tumblr. <laughs> I think there was one interview where Moffat actually mentioned Tumblr, though. So they probably actually have seen Tumblr. And I know there's something where, like, Benedict or Martin has said that they have seen Tumblr. Oh, dear God. They have seen the crazy that does not sleep. Considering Amanda Abington, who plays Mary, who is also Martin Freeman's real-life partner, and hence why they are so adorable together, she's on Twitter and talks with the fans and stuff like that. Oh, very cool. So I'm sure that it wouldn't even surprise me. She seems like the sort of person in interviews I've seen that she she seems some of the poorest sort of person to be like, Hey, Martin, take a look at this. Boom. I'm looking at Tumblr again. He's like, oh god, don't show me anything. What's this Red Pants Monday mean? <laughs> don't Google, people. Don't Google. Don't go there. If you're sort of person who wants to see it, you will have seen it already. You'll know what it is. I'll just tell you, in Britain, pants are not the things you wear on the outside. You've been warned. Yep. But yeah, I just, oh. And I mean, partly, partly it's because just riding the high of having Sherlock back, but I mean, it has been a couple weeks now, and I have seen the episode more than once, and I still just love Love, love it. It's just like, yay, they're back for a brief period. Very brief period. Oh, for the fandom that waited, this is, it's not enough. <laughs> it's just not enough yet. I don't know if it would ever be enough. That's true. Is the thing. At least not if it had always been like, if it had always been like a six episode series. We'd still be at the end of it like, oh, I wish there was more. If it was a ten episode series, oh, I wish there was more. Now, at this point, if they decided to up it to like five episodes, then we'd be like, oh, that's wonderful. But that's only because we would have had the three episode. Yeah, true. To compare with it. And I mean, in each one is 90 minutes. That's nearly a movie. So they're kind of making three movies. Yep. And good ones, too. Yeah. Really, really good ones. Okay. Okay. So did anybody guess... What was going on with how Sherlock survived? Did you get any of the clues? Did you get any of the methods? Or was your way better? Did you totally go with the whole Sherlock Moriarty shipping? <laughs> and did you squeal and fall off your own roof when that happened? Yeah. that The memory of us experiencing that moment is going to live That's in the was for We, a long we were time. ridiculous. That was fun. And part of, that was part of the fun, like yeah. watching it with a group of people and just freaking out while watching it. That's always fun. We were, we were kind of ridiculous. That's always the most fun. Yeah. Okay, so I think we'll leave I'm it there. I'm kind of glad there's no video footage of that. I'm kind of sad there isn't. <laughs> there is, however, yes, audio. There is audio footage. I cannot deny that. And you might hear some of that audio oh. at the end of this uh, this little special episode. Ah, uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> just like, I'm going to edit just to the, the bits where we were freaking out. So it might only, okay. be, might only be the one, because I don't think it was, it wasn't properly turned on, because it can be annoying like that, for the Molly one, but I know I got the Moriarty one. <laughs> You've listened to it? Not yet. Well, 
I know that it was recording. Okay, that's fine. I that's haven't fine. checked to see the levels. I have checked the levels of other. Oh, dear. <laughs> so stay tuned for that after the uh, outro. Great. Great. And until the next episode. We will see everybody later. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find old episodes or our show notes at our blog, knitonegeek2.emptypockets.org. That's K-N-I-T-1. G-E-E-K-2 dot M-T dash P-O-C-K-E-T-S dot O-R-G. You can also find them at our Ravelry group. Just search Knit One Geek 2 in Ravelry's groups feature. If you'd like to get in contact with us, you can leave a comment at the blog, comment on our Ravelry group, or you can send us an email at knitonegeek2 at gmail.com, or you can find us on Twitter at knitonegeek2. Thanks, and keep geeking on. Are nearly the same rooftop as they used in Skyfall at the very end. Yeah, I was wondering that. Similar dramatic Batman shot. <laughs> He's gonna propose tonight. Yeah. Let's <laughs> <laughs> walk in.
This phone call. It's my note. That's what people do, don't they? Leave a note. Leave a note when? This isn't them. This gotta be another theory. This is a dream. Yeah, I know. It's like we are the fandom who waited. 
This is the equivalent of the cigarette. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going straight for the chocolate. I'll get there. Oh, yes, I can pee again. There you go. <laughs> chocolate Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, don't make... Oh. <laughs> Melted, go. Melted chocolate. Say, chocolate alone. cover. Melted chocolate. Be alone. Chocolate <laughs> body paint. Go be alone. Fandom everywhere fanning themselves. Mm-hmm. I really want to see the behind the scenes now. Mm-hmm. Especially of Moriarty and Sherlock. Mm-hmm. The outtakes from something like that, that have was, got to be absolutely That hysterical. was the best. That was, oh my god, that was so... That was so worth two years. But yes, for an example of how of how uh, fandom is reacting, someone on Tumblr posted, in all caps, so imagine this being screamed, Sherlock jumped into a bleeping fire, screaming John's name, do not touch me, do not talk to me, do not exist near me. 